Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlett, and I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska, uh, right now, currently. You may be listening to this at any time, but currently it is cold. It, it is. It, it is cold. You, you, you guys, it's just it's, 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 it's yeah, so right, right, cold, right. I can't talk. That voice is Keith Holmes, mm-hmm. and we have a space heater in the uh, in the studio <laughs> in the here. here yeah. And we're basically huddled around I it. Just, I just want to point out to you listeners that, that Jonathan, our, our, our director and, and engineer, is sitting across right. the room from us, right. shivering quietly in no, the corner. I, all I have so any say, rattling you hear right, is, that's is his bones and his, his, his teeth. I, I can tell you that I smell smoke, and I found out that it's because my pants are on fire they currently. Too close. And I do not mind. I don't mind. <laughs> uh, today we're talking about hope. We've been uh, working on this. Uh, so we've had, this is a po- what podcast four, four. on the Hope, hope yep, series. And one of the interesting things about this series is that we hatched the idea of what we wanted to do, and, and uh, we, we had several different topics, and then we got to hope, mm-hmm. and we cracked open hope, and a whole bunch of stuff spilled out. Amen. It, it was like, okay, we'll just talk about hope for one episode, mm-hmm. and then we sat, and we were in the bullpen there, and we were kind of kicking it around, we were like, you know... We got going. Well, I mean, from we were such fools to think we could talk about hope in one episode, because we, we could literally talk about this... For like a whole year. Oh, absolutely. Really. We really could. And today we're, check out our previous uh, three episodes. This is episode four, as I said. And today we're going to be talking about hope in the context of being king, uh, being a king, and lots of things to say about that, yeah. particularly from the, the standpoint of Israel and the, right. uh, the Hebrew scripture of the Old yep. Testament, and then also the Old, New Testament as Jesus comes back. One of his primary declarations is that he is king, and uh, and therefore we is not, uh, (laughs) uh, to misquote the verb there. Uh, So, Keith, I put it to you, sir, uh, uh, the question that you came up with, but I'll put you on the spot first. Okay. Uh, What's one thing you remember your parents putting you in charge of when you were a kid? Now, this is, you know, I've had time to think, and I actually immediately thought of it when I was writing the question, and that is, I was in charge of cutting the grass. We lived in a suburb that we were on two acres of land. One acre we owned. The back acre was just ours to use. My little brother, or my bigger brother, had a go-kart, and we put a go-kart track down there in the, in the it's sort of down a little hill. But I had to cut to those two acres minus the, the amount of house space that we had. Mm-hmm. And that was, and I was, I still remember how excited I was when Dad told me, okay, Keith, it's your turn. You you have you're in charge of cutting the grass yeah. in the backyard, and that meant I got to ride the gravely 16 horsepower tractor Neat, mower, oh. and har, har, that's, har, like, that's just the greatest. to a kid, yeah, yeah to a sixth, neat. seventh, eighth grader along in there. That yeah. was I was, and you know, of course, along with that responsibility or that that power of riding that came the responsibility of everything else which i'd forgotten about which means i also had to use the push mower around trees yeah it wasn't as much fun but just riding that gravely in the Felt backyard like king of, king I, of the earth. I was man and i would sing i'd have my walkman or whatever you know or actually i think at that time there wasn't even walkmans yet i just would sing songs i remembered from the radio and i one of the funniest stories is my little brother running running down the hill yeah and 
screaming and waving his arms. And I like stop and you know turn the tractor off. And I go, what? He goes, stop singing. <laughs> the whole neighborhood can hear you. You're a lot worse than you think. Yeah. yeah. But I was just singing over so I could hear myself over the roar of the tractor. And apparently yeah. beyond the roar of the tractor, I carried my voice carried further. So he's like, shut up. Yeah. And so, but that was my that was my joy was cutting the backyard, cutting the grass in the backyard. Yeah. That was the thing that I was an adult about. There you go. Yeah. There what you about go. you? Anything that you remember your parents yeah, putting in charge? Yeah, right. uh, Well, that was easy uh, question because uh, when my parents got divorced uh, when I was 10 and it was falling apart when I was 9. And uh, when I was 9, uh, they were getting they were separating. And, and uh, there was a trip that we took. Uh, my mom w- went down to um, took us down to see her mom down in uh, Florida. Hmm. And so I, we were going and I was nine. My, my brother's about two and a half years older than me, but he he was what we called hyperactive ADHD now. And mm-hmm. and so my dad came to me and he said, this is what you got to do when you're in Florida you have to uh, get your brother and your sister. My sister's four years younger. Uh, you've got to get your brother and sister together every day at, at 4 o'clock, and you have to call me on the phone uh, and uh, call me collect. And this is how you uh, call me collect. And, uh, and you know, you get on there, and the operator would say, and then you say collect call, and, and then the person accepts the charges, and he said, I, I want you to do that every single day. And you'll have to tell your mother that that's what you're doing. And so that's what I did. I had to go to my mom and have a meeting with her and tell her that my dad had put me in charge of doing that. And and making sure that every single day the three of us Called called dad. But I had to get everybody organized at that time and advocate, you know, hey, if we were doing something... I, you know, I we've got to be home. I had to be the one who said no. We've got to be home at four mm. o'clock so we can make our call and mm. for that whole week. And wow. I remember it. I, I remember that. So uh, that was a that was and that was kind of the end of that was the end of being a kid. Right. Uh, that, that, you that, knew from then yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, my dad yeah. picked me out because he knew he couldn't count on my nothing against my brother, but at that yeah. point he couldn't count on my brother to keep that right. straight and organize yeah. that and and. Yeah. And uh, so that was, uh, you know, kind of the beginning of just being, uh, uh, being an adult, and yeah. uh, and just being the guy that did did stuff like that. So yeah. that was uh, that was a real kind of change in the arc of of uh, uh, of the trajectory uh, of, the trajectory of your of youth. My life yeah, and my youth, exactly. Uh, pretty much was over. That's right. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Well, well that's uh, the put being in charge that changes your. When you're in charge of something, it does change your self-image, too, Amen. You know, yep. whether Absolutely. it's fun or, or, or whatever. So, yep. Well, know. yeah, because I rode sitting tall. Yeah. I mean, I remember that. Sure, and I mean, I did that with a lot of, you know, that job for me, I did, had a lot of pride in that. I was being entrusted with right. something, and I, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, rallied to that. I was like, this is important. I'm in charge right. of that. I have yeah. to do that, and, and everybody get out of my way, you know. So that does empower you uh, to a large extent to, to, to have that kind of a role or that kind of office, if you will. Right. So, anyway, so... All right. Well, today, what are we going to be talking about? Hope is a king. Hope yeah, is king. Psalm, so uh, Psalm thirty-three. Yeah. Uh, and I, you want me to read this? Sure. Uh, go ahead. Let's, uh, uh, and it, the question is, what, why is it easy for us to hope in war horses? That uh, you, that'll make more sense. Yeah, when, when you I read, read. This. Psalm thirty-three, <laughs> thirteen through nineteen reads: The Lord looks down from heavens; He sees all humankind. 
From where he sits enthroned, he watches all the inhabitants of the earth. Uh, interesting thought there. Do mm. we, re- we know that that's true, but do right. we live like that? Right, you know? exactly. And then it says, he who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. A king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a vain hope for victory, and by its great might it cannot save. Truly the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. So returning to the question, why is it easy for us to hope in war horses? What do you mean by that, Keith? Well, I I want to actually go back to your question about do we live like God is enthroned and sees all the inhabitants? No, because I just turn the lights off when I want to misbehave, and God can't see me, right? (laughs) All right, true yeah. con- and true now true confession yeah. with Keith. I just had the lava, like, yeah, but that's a simple. That's the simple thought yeah. we have, which yeah. is God can't see me because I. And and back to the original question: Why is it easy to hope on, in war horses? And and a very good answer is is because we can control war horses. Kind of going building off of what you said about yeah. God seeing us is we can't control God, but we can control war horses. We can train them. We can we can you know. Be prepared. We can count them. We too. can count them exactly, and we're going to talk about that today too. Mm-hmm. Just the idea that the war horses indicated power, right? And so, if you want to get something out of this passage in this idea of hope as a king, you're like, "Well, I'm not a king." Well, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Let's back up just a little bit. You don't have the title of king. You don't rule with a scepter. You haven't knighted anybody at all. But we we all live as if we are royalty. Right. And if we're going to live as if we're royalty, we're going to have a hard time living in relationship to the King of kings and Lord of lords, who is Amen. Jesus Christ. And so when this passage, when Psalm 33 is talking about trusting in war horses, um, uh and it does talk about not just here, but in other psalms, trusting in, in war horses. Right. It, it, a war horse is a tank or is a fighter right. plane or is a bomb or something like right. that in military terms. But army. in our own lives, what is your war horse? Is that your retirement fund? Right. Is that your job security? Yep. Is that your yep. house? Is that yep. what is it that you trust in for your security? That's what this psalm is really is really uh, challenging here is the is is that which th- that thing from which we get our sense of security right. and and okay you're you're you you tell yourself you're you are a king and here are my resources here are all my uh, uh, my reinforcements right. and uh, instead of whatever that is it, it is in place of God right and so the first reference is God's looking down upon you God is really sovereign. God is really on the throne. Yep. God is really king. And he looks down and he looks at a bunch of people who think that they can be secure in stuff that they can collect and assemble yep. like war horses mm-hmm. in, in, in king's cases in ancient, ancient times. But in our case, we're still doing the exact same thing. Amassing money. We're amassing, um, you know, for me, it's like, well, how many friends do I have? Mm-hmm. If I can count my friends, then I can always count on them. I mean, prodigal son teaches us you can't do that. Right. right? You know, but... But the, the whole, like you said, the whole point of being able to count it, that tangible nature of I can see it, I can touch it. I have the Bible, but those are words on a page. Right. Those are, those Hardly are, seems like this great hard thing. Right. to trust. It is the greatest of things. Right. In one place, it says that the, that the whole universe will be moved, but the word of God will not. A- amen. And, and right. Like, it's do just, we really buy that is the yeah. question I think you're asking. Exactly. Right? Is do we... Do we or but 
how much easier is it to say, look at that shiny new car that I had. Right. That indicates to me security because I can afford that car. Even if you can't, even if you're making payments to your 99 on that car. And then, you know, of course, the fun thing to think about is, is, you know, pulling out into the street and getting sideswiped by somebody and that security just evaporates. Right. Now, here I want to insert this part of it. I'll kick this part of it around with you. And that is, is that... If we're going to do this podcast on hope as a king, we need to talk in terms of what it meant to be a king in in Israel, in right. ancient Israel, Amen. in the Hebrew yep. tradition. For many, many years, they had no king. Right. God did not want them to have a king. Yep. Why? Because God was their king. This was a theocracy of sorts. Yep. God, they are a nation on earth, but their king is God. Now, they had many leaders, Moses, Samuel, and yep. Joshua, to name name a few before, right. but then ultimately Samuel got old, and the and the you can read about it in in First Samuel chapter what is that about yes. four yeah. and something like that, and they say, hey Sam, you're getting old, nice yeah. job, give us a king, yep. and this is incredibly poignant moment where where Samuel uh, goes to God and God says to them, give them the king, they're not rejecting you, yeah. they're rejecting me. Right. And then Samuel goes to him and says, oh, you're going to have a king, but this is how it's going to be. The king is going to oppress you and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Now, a king of Israel, even though it wasn't the original plan, a king of Israel could have worked and did work when the king of Israel recognized that he wasn't king of Israel. Right. It was God that was the king of Israel, yep. and you were just a shepherd. When the kings of Israel and of Judah understood that, yep. then they were good kings. Yep. There were only about four or five of them in the history that were any worth anything at right. all. Exactly. And the one common thing thread that they all had, the good kings had, was that they recognized that the true king of Israel was God and that they were just shepherds. They were just lieutenants, if you will. And it's the same. Now, if you get that in place, then you take a large step forward as, as Christians as far as understanding where, where you are. Jesus, yeah. Jesus comes along and says, I'm king. I am king. You're not. You're a disciple. You're a lieutenant. You're, you, are, you are a smaller king that's a part of my kingdom. You, right. you, you, you serve me. And every other king that has ever lived in every other nation on earth and in every other situation did not have this. You're a king. You're in charge. No one can question you. No, but that was not the case with Israel. That is not the case with, with, with Christianity. Yep. That is you, you, it is so important for us today to get straight the idea of king and the fact that we're not king, right. that Jesus is, and, 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 and to allow him to be that. And I immediately go to my marriage when you're talking like that, mm -hmm. because how how easy is it to read scripture and say that the husband is the head of the household, he does, you know, the wife submits, and if you stop there, you're, again, reading it wrong, right. as we often you're say. You're reading you're, it you're, very incompletely. Right, exactly. But because Christ is the head of the household, and I love how you say the, the, we're the lieutenant, and it doesn't. You, you don't have to be married. I just went to that in right. my in my mind. You can go into any relationships that you have as as a boyfriend girlfriend. You can go into you can go into your workplace with that. I mean, you know. He, God tells us work for a bad master, and we'll talk about that next week, so I don't want to get too much into it, but just that God is in charge. He's the king. So whatever we're placed in charge of, 
we need to remember, well, ultimately, we res- we, we're responsible to God in how we react in that situation. And to go back to your question of why is it easy for us to hope in war horses, it's yeah. easy for that to happen because, like you said, they are tangible, they are recordable, they're, 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 you can see them and, right. and measure them. Right. Uh, uh, how many you, you, you have. How strong they are. But it's also have. terribly sad because it's easy for us to hope in, in war horses because we think that we're king and that there isn't anybody right. above us. exactly. It's so much better to realize that there is a king who is Jesus Christ who is far greater than we will ever be, right. who is resourced far beyond anything that we can we can imagine amen and that we're just a lieutenant in the we're king a lieutenant or a sergeant in an army has great authority and is a those are critical every army officer will tell you the thing pivots on lieutenants uh, and the and the sergeants. Absolutely. They're people who have authority, but they also have lots of layer authority, of authority above right. them. Right. And it's when they recognize and, and find their spot in the of, in the midst of that uh, uh, hierarchy uh, and make peace with that. The, how much authority and control they have, but how much authority and control that they don't have. That's when they become effective. Right. And that's what, the way it is with us as, as Christians. Do we have authority over certain aspects? Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. No question about it. Yep. Do I have authority as a, as a senior pastor? Uh, absolutely. No, no question about it. But when I forget that I'm not even close to being the one that's in charge... I get that's when I get in trouble and we've seen it a number of times I'll use the the pastoral office as an example it's in the news a number of times in the it, where pastors fail right where, where pastor in the common thread same with the kings of Israel a common thread to them all is they forgot that they even though they carry the title of king they aren't actually the king yeah. and that's true of all of us and 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 exactly I just I can't I can't say it any better i mean you know if we forget we are not king we are going to fail and fail in the eyes of the lord so you wrote this question and and i'll ask it to you because i think you're probably queued up what's the difference between those that fear the lord and those that hope in his steadfast love what what were you my 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 initial knee-jerk reaction was well not much (laughs) because fear is the beginning of all understanding Mm -hmm. you know and when we talk about fear of the lord we're not talking about cowering and, and right. being afraid. We're we're talking about being respectful mm-hmm. of his power. I remember I remember my dad when we would go down to the beach, my dad would say, Never turn your back on the ocean. Mm-hmm. And that is an important thing to remember because if you turn your back and if you're not aware of what's coming from the ocean, you could get drowned. You know, you can get knocked over, rolled around, get sand in your right. everything, and I, which I did, which I remember happening to me, yeah. because I, I just didn't pay attention to the power that was there. Yeah. So, so when we know that God is powerful, all powerful, that can set up that idea of okay, I know that and I respect that deeply. In the Bible, they call it fear. But then you think about his steadfast love and, and how he loves us. It's, he's not capricious like the ocean. He's steadfast. He's the rock on which we stand. And he loves us beyond our comprehension. So when we, when we don't understand 
why this failed or why we're not doing, why we are not doing what we think we should be doing or why we're not where we think we should be. If we look to God and say, but you're the sovereign one, you're the one in charge and, and how you, your plan, what is your plan? Keep looking for that. Then I think we can, we can relinquish some of that and still be making those decisions. You said it, we're in charge of some things. Right. We can be making the decisions that we can be, that we need to be making that the parts that we're in charge of, but ultimately submitting to God. And it's a constant love. balance, isn't it? Amen. A constant yeah. battle. Yeah. And there's, the, yeah. I don't know about you at all, Keith, but there's <laughs> ego going on. Oh, in me. I think, you know, now, but I mean, there's this constant battle. I mean, I, I want to keep on telling myself that I'm, I'm, I'm a greater King and that my yeah. kingdom is greater and more important and untouchable, impervious, right. more so than it is. And Jesus is just like, man, come on. And if you read the, it's interesting to read the Gospels, isn't it, in the context of, one, Jesus being king, and two, nobody recognizing it. Yes. All these conversations that he has, particularly with Pontius Pilate, but not only Pont Pontius oh, Pilate. No. like, so you're a king? You know, and Pontius Pilate, it's a great thing because Pontius Pilate is governor of this outpost that is Palestine. He is governor over this, you know, 200-mile radius or whatever it was. Right. And he's like, in this this idiot this loser is claiming to be king of the jews right and he's like so you're a king and jesus is like yeah for the, the this reason i was born this is why i came into the world but my kingdom is not from this world right. and Pontius Pilate is a roman soldier he's just like oh my gosh why do what? i what am i doing why do i have these I woke nuts up in, in my house right, all the time friday morning the weekend's almost here i woke up in a great mood and now i'm dealing with this <laughs> and now my wife's you telling me don't go near him. Another, uh. another thought that I had as you were talking, it was a really wonderful material you shared there. Uh, I, I think of C.S. Lewis in mm -hmm. his book, uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yep. And if you haven't read it, read it. it it's oh, just yeah, great it's awesome. for kids and adults to read. And read it with your kids. Uh, yeah. so it, it is a there fantastic thing. But it, the, not to spoil too much, but Aslan is the lion in, who represents Christ in that story. Yep. And the, 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 the four kids uh, are in go in through the wardrobe into Narnia, and they're wandering around. They've got no idea where they are. It's a dangerous land ruled by the evil queen, right. just like our, our earth is, is ruled by Satan. It's a fallen fallen world, blah, blah, yep. blah. You know all that kind of stuff. They're wandering yep. around, and they run into a talking beaver, and the beaver takes him into his home, you know, shuttles him away because he knows right. how dangerous it is. They're just right. kind of wandering around. Wow, this is great. Oh, this. Right. And so the beaver starts talking about Aslan, the lion. Mm -hmm. And the first question the kids ask, do you remember this moment? The is kids, he, the kids yeah. ask the beaver, they say, is he safe? They, they tell us about Aslan. Is he safe? And, and the beaver knows Aslan. He knows yep. that Aslan is the king. Yep. He, he is king. And the beaver without hesitation says, safe? No. no, he so. is not safe, but he is good. Right. He's good. Yep. And that's what, it, it, yeah. and this is the, a, a perfect description of what you were talking about yep. in your question about fear uh, of, of the Lord yep. and, and hope in his steadfast love. If someone asks me, is God safe? I hope I remember, and they don't, but I mean, yep. this is the kind of the thing that I, that I want to communicate. God is 
is scary, frightening right. in his power and his authority. Is he safe? Is he going to keep you comfortable? No. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be easy? No. But he's good. Right. He loves you. Right. He will take care of you and all that kind of stuff. But we make ourselves into being bigger kings or queens than we are, right. I think, so that we won't have to have a relationship with God and like, there it is. like that. Right. We won't have to hope in this greater king who is so frightening in his power. Jesus comes along and says, you know, do not fear the one who can kill you. Fear the one who can cast your your, soul into into hell. And everybody's saying, oh, well, that's Satan. No, that's not Satan. Satan, That's God. Be scared to death of God's, what God could do to you. And then also trust him and hope in his love. It is a tough balance for people to get. You know. Well, because we want to make God love and 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 only the good things, and and you know we say steadfast love. What a great expression! It's steadfast, meaning it won't change, and it's love, meaning that He has to accept me the way I am. No, kids, that's not what it means. Right, and we need to, you know, like you said, remember that He is not safe. Right, He is King. He, I love that bit. Yeah safe no he's a lion he's not safe but he's good he, he yeah and 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 I, I i think back to it you even called her out you called her out the wicked queen the, the whatever ice queen or right, whatever she right. was she would not submit to aslan's authority either she struggled she fights just like satan fights against the authority right. of god it's and a- he wants us to do it too he does everything he can to get us to join to in follow him his model of establishing God. A, a, he's exactly. trying to establish and trying to desperately maintain yep. his kingdom. Yep. And, and he's trying to get us to buy into the idea that that's what we're supposed Amen. to do. And, and I love the moment in Revelation. There's a moment in Revelation, I can't remember the chapter and verse, where at the end, the, 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 the dragon, who is Satan, is just stuffed into a hole. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> of sulfur at the end, he's just like stuffed right into a hole, and that's that's the end of what Satan. Great, we need to see that. I mean, scene just so, acted out it, in a it, movie. It's like CGI God, that. God telling the angel, yeah. "Take out the trash," and right. that's what basically what happens. Yep. Now, there's another in the context. So we're talking about hope as a king, particularly right. in the context of of Israel's kings, because right. that's our model. And I said there were only four or five decent kings of Israel right. in Judah. Actually, there was no kings of Israel. Right. The divided oh, kingdom. Yeah, were, the divided were, kingdom. Uh, yeah. uh, but, there, but David was the greatest of all the kings, and he was the greatest of all the kings because, like we said, he most of the time, not all the time, most of the time remembered <laughs> that he was only a lieutenant, as right. we said before. But there is an interesting story. You can find it in Chronicles chapter 21. First Chronicles. First, first Chronicles, I'm sorry. Yep, first, yep, yep. first Chronicles chapter, thank you, yep. uh, 21 one through 17. It's also in Second. Uh, Second Samuel, Samuel. Second Samuel. Or is it first but, but this one, this one, uh, when I was doing the research, this is the unadulterated right. version of it. This isn't the, it, oh, he's so great, isn't he? And all it is, if you read this from First Chronicles chapter 21, it's just uh, David taking a census and God right. getting mad about it. But why would God get mad yeah, it seems at a odd. king who is taking a census of his people? Right, exactly. He's not just taking a census, uh, counting all the people. He's counting all his troops, yep. all his resources, all his yep. weapons, all this kind of stuff. Yep. And God did not order this. 
and God did not want this, and God got angry at him. It's an interesting story, and, and it's interesting because we talked about this in church a couple weeks ago. God goes to him and says, okay, David, I'm mad. Pick your punishment, just like parents used to do back in the day. Right. Keith, I'm mad. Which one of these three options do you want? And you can read the story. But you know, your question is, why would God be angry with David about just taking yeah. the census? Right. Uh, so go ahead. Well, because David, David takes the census, and, and he... And, He's counting up his things, and we talked a little bit about it when we looked at Psalm 33 and this trusting of the war horses. You can see in the words in First Chronicle that Chronicles that, that David is beginning to trust in his own power, right? And or this he's is, wanting to do, or that. wanting to do that. I think he's being blinded by the fact that he can win wars by himself if he knows how many men he can commit, how many soldiers he can have, how many horses that he can ride into battle and chariots. Right. And, and he starts turning away from God. It's one of, like, I've, I, like I love to say, it's one of the reasons I'll never win the lottery. <laughs> because I will start counting my money and lose track of God in my relationship right. with him. Because I just know that about me. Right. And one of the things that I love about this story, David is king. He's beloved by God. He loves the Lord. He loses yep. his way. He, loses, he tries to count his resources. And one of the things that really stands out from this story, as simple as it is, is the fact that there are things that God does not want you to have. Yes. And there are things that God does not want you to know. Yep. And because if you, just as you alluded to with the lottery, if you had them and if you knew them, then you would stop no you would stop depending oh, on God. Right. You would stop trusting on God. And you trust You stop hoping in God. Right. Are you a beloved child of God? Absolutely. Are you welcome in God's house? Absolutely. As the father says through the older brother in the, in Luke chapter 15, you are my son and everything I have is He's yours. yours. Yep. But the father is the father, and the son is the son. Yeah. And and the son is dependent upon the father, and that role does not change. No. You are king. Everybody who is listening here, you're, you are a, a valued lieutenant in the army of the Lord, but you are a lieutenant. That's right. You are in charge of lots. I love, I love but the... But not all. Isn't, wasn't there a, a, a position called kinglet? Mm -hmm. There was the king, and then minor kingdoms were kinglets, little <laughs> kinglets. I think I, I, I'll have to go look at that and see. So I, I, look, to, to wrap up, I, I want to ask this listener, and, and, and we might cover a few seconds here, but I really want you to take this away this week, and that is, with few exceptions, most of us are not kings. And we get that. In literal sense. In a very literal sense. In, a, of us in are, a figurative sense, we yeah. are kings. Right, exactly. But so so don't go literal. Don't say yeah, to yourself, yeah. well, I'm not a king. Right. Yeah, you are. You're a king of your own little world. Yeah. You can be. You're part of, you're a kinglet. Yeah. How do we apply these verses to our uh, and these stories of David and, and, and his verses in, in Psalm 33? How do we th apply those to our lives yeah. going and, forward? And one of those things is that the, the king, the mm -hmm. king of kings, insists. He doesn't, he doesn't hope that you will. Right. He insists that you have a relationship with him as a lieutenant, right. as one who has hope in, in, in the higher power, the, mm -hmm. the higher king, that trusts the higher king, that respects the higher king. That All that makes sense. Right. All of that makes sense. He will not negotiate that away. Right. He will insist that you 
have that for him. And, and that you will not make for yourself in your own mind that you are as great. as Because as you referenced, yeah. rightly, that's the mistake that Satan makes right. and tries to lead us into. And Absolutely. Jesus will not allow that. Amen. Amen. And, and, and so, yeah, as we go forward, as you and I go forward, as listener, as you go forward, just remember, you are, you are smaller than God, but you're still in charge of some things. Just like that 16-year-old, 15-year-old me on the back of a gravely right. tractor, I'm in charge of something. But, but the fact is, is that I still, I, had to res- I was responsible to my father for that. I was responsible to my father in heaven for my behavior here on earth. And my hope is always in God. That's what I pray for myself and I pray for you too, is, is that remembering that I could hope in that tractor. I could take that tractor out in the, into the suburban street that I lived on and drive around and be cool, but ultimately it would run out of gas, mm-hmm. whereas God never runs out of gas. His go. steadfast love is always there. Be a king, but always remember who really is the king. Huh? How about that? Yeah. Well, this has been Megan O's Old Office. Uh, we've been talking about hope as a king. We'll be back with uh, something else. We'll think of something we'll else to talk about. Together. I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be great. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash DPC Omaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at Megan's Old Office at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.